In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. In our scripture readings today, we hear themes of beauty and penitence and faith and fear all running throughout those various scriptures. The scripture readings appointed for the feast day for St. Francis of Assisi. It's a little unusual to replace regular Sunday readings with the feast of any particular saint, but we do have a little bit of leeway. Well, just as these themes run through our scriptures, these themes might run through our lives, themes of beauty and penitence and faith and fear. And we can see for sure how they ran through the life of St. Francis, especially as faith overtook fear again and again and again. As a young man, St. Francis was, first of all, afraid of what others would think. He guarded his reputation and was terrified he might lose his social standing. He was taught to fear the poor, and he was taught especially to be afraid of the lepers, because perhaps by getting too close, one could also get leprosy. But then through a deep conversion into the very heart of Christ, faith took hold of Francis Faith so strong as to overcome those fears and many others. Faith would later lead Francis to encourage the vocation of a young woman named Claire. And Claire was insisting on living life in solidarity with the absolute poor. Not at all the acceptable thing for a rich young lady to do in her day or ours. Faith led Francis to confront the rulers of his day the religious rulers and the secular rulers. And faith even took Francis into the very face of the Sultan of Egypt, that one who was perceived to be the ultimate 13th century bad guy. And then on October 3rd, 1226, deep faith helped Francis look into the very face of death and not be afraid, but see beauty and see God. Faith helped Francis sing, Praised be you, my Lord, through our sister bodily death, from whom no one living can escape. Blessed are those whom death will find in your most holy will, for the second death shall do them no harm. Our dying to sin and being raised to newness of life through baptism can be understood as the first death. But in Christ, the second death, the death of our body, has no power at all. We live on. We live eternally. St. Francis was a penitent, which means, of course, that he often said he was sorry. He said he was sorry not only for his own sins, but he was also acutely aware of the sin around him, what today we would call corporate sin or institutional sin. And Francis looked around and he could see where it fell short of the mark. He could see where he and others fell short of the mark. And so he would name it and confess it and ask God for help. And he invited others to do the same. 
Francis would sometimes do outrageous things to mirror the sin he saw in the world. Francis would risk looking like a clown in order to point people toward beauty. Many of you know that I've spent a few years looking at our stained glass windows of the life of St. Francis. Many of you have spent time looking at them with me. We've studied them and prayed with them and tried to find our own place in them. On a particular day, which story most resonates, which which St. Francis most calls to us or speaks to us. A couple of years ago when I was working on images of those pictures and taking the color out to try to make them into a coloring book for the children, and then that developed into a little curriculum for the Sunday school, I realized that something was missing and that something was a big thing. Because after all, I wanted us not only just to admire the windows or admire our church, but I I wanted us to somehow begin to follow Francis through those windows to follow Francis into the world, to encounter whatever mission or challenge Christ might bring for us. My husband, Erwin, was good enough to draw my vision. And so on the very back of that coloring book curriculum, there's a drawing that shows St. Francis with the wolf and a few birds. And they're looking back at us as they make their way out of one of these windows that's been opened. The caption under that picture says, now it's our turn to join Francis in following Jesus. And that's really why we bother. That's why we bother with saints at all. Because each saint in his or her own way shows us something else about following Jesus. The saint doesn't replace Jesus ever. Instead, the saint is like the Blessed Virgin Mary herself, pointing to Christ saying to us, whispering to us, sometimes shouting to us, He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. St. Francis points to the power of Christ. Ultimately, it's Christ who has the power of life over death. But that's not just at the end of our earthly life. It's every month, it's every week, it's every day, it's every minute that we allow ourselves to be converted into the love and forgiveness of Christ. Almost every Sunday in our worship services at weekday masses, we use our right one liturgy. And whenever there's a prayer of confession that's said, we then hear words of absolution and forgiveness Following those are the words that our prayer book tradition refers to as the comfortable words. Often in the office, when Mary Beth Howard and I are working through the bulletin that's coming up the next week, she knows that if it's a feast day or a special occasion, we usually don't use the confession. And so she'll always check with me, do you want the comfy words or not? We joke that they're the comfy words. But by that, we don't mean they're comfy like um, on a rainy, cold day, being in an easy chair with a bowl of popcorn and sweats on and watching a great movie. It's not comfortable that way. They're words that are comfortable in a true, deep down, life-converting, life-changing way. Because those comfortable words remind us that we always have the opportunity to, to start again, to do over to have a mini-conversion. 
That's what it means for them to be words of comfort, to be words of assurance and refreshment and promise and hope. Those familiar words, Come unto me, all ye who travail and are heavy laden, and I will refresh you. Or in other versions, Come to me, all who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, all who are tired from carrying heavy loads. I especially like Eugene Peterson's translation of the Bible that he calls the message. And Peterson's version of this scripture has Jesus say, Are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Come to me, Christ says. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I love that part. You'll learn to live freely and lightly. Those indeed are comfortable words and words of refreshment. St. Francis, of course, is often known for taming the wolf and preaching to birds. But as we've learned in our discussions of Laudato Si, the Pope's encyclical on the environment, on creation, St. Francis's vision of creation as a family, as sisters and brothers, worthy of respect and relationship, affects us all. It's a broad, huge vision that reminds us, yes, be nice to your dog or cat, but be even nicer to the neighbor down the hall or across the street. All is a part of God's good creation. On this St. Francis Sunday, may the Holy Spirit show us each where we need to repent, where we should be a little more exposed to God, wherever it is we might need to be healed. And then, with honest and penitent and joyful hearts, may we hear and know the forgiveness of God so that even in this life we may begin to be made holy, forgiven, and free. In the name of God, source of all being, eternal word and Holy Spirit. Amen.